This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter, when I caught a glimpse of Rita, filling in the ticket in a little white book. Breaking news. The 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, has been indicted. Now the latest from 77 WABC. And welcome to the Rita Cosby Show, of course, at our home base of 77 WABC. And what a historic day it has been. Another day, another indictment, another arraignment. This one took place in D.C. just a few hours ago. President Trump pleading not guilty on all four counts tied to election interference. And coming up in just about three or four minutes, we have one of President Trump's great former attorneys, David Schoen. He is going to be joining us. He was the lead counsel for the second Trump impeachment trial He's also a civil rights and criminal defense lawyer, and he's going to be giving us his great perspective in just about two or three minutes. But first, right during the middle of all of these proceedings, we heard from Alina Haba, uh, one of President Trump's attorneys, and this is how she described this day and this moment and this attack on President Trump. President Trump is under siege in a way that we have never seen before. President Trump and his legal team and everyone on his team will continue to fight, not for him, but for the American people. And here is President Trump also with a brief statement after the process was over in court. Well, thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C. and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, When you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very much. If you can't beat them, you persecute them or you prosecute them. That seems to be the sentiment of a lot of people in America today. But if you listen to the Democrats like Jamie Raskin, who himself has questioned electors in the past, uh, what an irony here. Here he is on CNN. And this is the way he proclaimed this day to be. Well, it feels like a great vindication of the rule of law in American democracy for me, uh, you know, for more than 
two years, people have been asking me wherever I go, will there really be legal consequences? Um, is he going to be able to escape this like everything else? And um, it's good to know that, uh, you know, the wheels of justice um, uh, turn slowly, but they turn. And uh, the Department of Justice, with the uh, grand jury, rendered an indictment. And of course, Donald Trump is entitled to every presumption of innocence and all the due process of law that he has wanted to deny to other people who he considers his adversaries. But the beauty of our system of justice is that everybody's entitled to that. And he's got a judge who's a former public defender, a former criminal defense lawyer, who's extremely attuned to the rights of defendants. Right. The same judge who was in the law firm with Hunter Biden, the same judge who has given even extended sentences to those tied to January 6th, well beyond what even prosecutors wanted, the same judge who donated to Obama uh, in D.C., in a venue that is definitely not favorable to President Trump. Wow, there is a lot to take in. And who better than David Schoen to join us now to break it all down? He is the former lead counsel for the second Trump impeachment trial. He's also a civil rights and criminal defense lawyer. Uh, David, your reaction to what has just been a stunning day, I think. Oh, thanks very much. I'll, I'll pick up just on your last point about Judge Chutkin. Um, I have a case with her now. I've had a case pending for a couple of years uh, she's been very fair in that case, but she's clearly part of the crew like Judge Amy Berman Jackson, Judge Howell, Judge Maida on that court that are rabidly anti-Trump. It's not just uh, some of the things you mentioned. It's also she specifically wrote the opinion, said uh, presidents are not kings and Trump is not a president. And she wrote that uh, in sentencing one of the defendants, January 6th defendant, she said she recognized that he did all that he did for one man. That was Donald Trump. So I think those kinds of comments in a fair world really reflect at least the appearance of uh, partiality or appearance of bias and ought to be the basis for recusal. But um, I don't know what these lawyers are going to do. So the reaction is, I think, like many people, this is a political screed. Um, it's not a normal indictment. They, I think a couple of things are particularly offensive. They made it this long speaking indictment, laying out all of these purported facts and witness statements and so on. But of course, no one's there to challenge the credibility or the motivation of these witnesses. But people have the indictment and they read it and they live with that for the months and however long it takes till the trial. But then the government's going to come in and ask for a protective order, barring President Trump from speaking about it at all. So I think that's extraordinarily unfair. Um, And uh, I think that uh, it it is a sad day since they've criminalized conduct here that never should have been criminalized. There's an interesting piece, I have to say, you know, the reaction to the the indictment, of course, is as polarized as the country is. But interestingly, the New York Times today, of all places, has a piece by David Leonard, who's a, again, big anti-Trump person. And he said, sort of in resigned fashion, you know, we missed the opportunity here. They should have convicted him during the impeachment trial. That's when this stuff really could have been addressed, but they lost that. So he says that uh, Smith has taken a novel approach here now and that there are mixed reactions to whether the evidence seems strong, doesn't seem strong. It looks like it's going to revolve around Trump's state of mind. So he says it was some resignation. I was uh, pleased or impressed to see that, at least, you know, he recognized 
what this is, what it isn't. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming from the New York Times, that is very interesting, David. You know, I want to go back. Um, you hit a couple really powerful points, and I want to talk about that protective order um, because the judge said essentially, um, if you violate sort of any of these rules, you could be held. I mean, that to me was an extraordinary statement to basically say you can't influence the jury, you can't have contact with witnesses. That could be extremely broad. That's really concerning. And and when I when I saw that the judge even inferred that the president could put put behind bars if he violated it, how do you, how do you measure that? How do you here you're a president, you're a former president, you hope to be a future one, you're campaigning, you're the leading candidate. Um, you want to get out there and you want to be able to say you have a right to say, hey, I'm innocent. Uh, this, these are ridiculous. These are, you know, trumped up charges. These are, you know, persecution, as he said. But to go out there, he's doing all these rallies. How, where do you, how does she determine? Well, maybe that comment could have influenced a jury, uh, who's watching TV. I mean, I, this is so broad and this gets into really even more dangerous territory. Right. And you'll see that these prosecutors, who I know quite well, uh, the two lead prosecutors, Cooney and Gaston, uh, I actually have a sanctions motion pending against them right now, uh, asking for a hearing uh, based on outrageous misconduct they engaged in another case that I have there. And in that case, in fact, the judge in the case said he was very concerned about their misconduct, and he was even more concerned that they didn't seem concerned about what they had done. So they're very aggressive. And they will, first of all, record every statement that his lawyer makes and that he makes, try to use it against them, uh, bring it up to the judge. And they will try to claim a violation of a protective order. And that's the danger you say. It chills speech. It's one thing to say, don't commit any other crime, don't have a fire, you know, whatever they want to say. And the rules of the local rules in D.C. also prohibit comments that could influence the jury. But as you say, this is a unique situation. This is a battle for the presidency of the United States. And it's got to be fair game for this uh, former President Trump to be able to say, folks, they've just indicted me three times, I think soon to be four times. Have you ever heard of someone being indicted four times, let alone three times, three times, let alone four times, and in the middle of an election campaign? What on earth would have taken them two, two and a half years to bring about this indictment? They had all the information. They've tried many people so far uh, in related cases. So, you know, it's, it's very difficult to overlook uh, overlook that element. And as you say, to see the speech chilled here. Yeah. How do you determine? I mean, that's why that that is really scary. And to to say, you know, you could be held. Uh, I mean, that to me is a really it was a very chilling uh, sort of post uh, report that came out of the courtroom. When I saw that, I thought, oh, wow, this is really scary stuff. And, and again, who determines what? And it, it, it kind of fits with where this whole case goes to, David Schoen, you know the president well. I know him well. Um, and here we are um, at this moment. What is your reaction to do you believe this is all just to bog him down for political reasons? He's in the throes of the campaign season. And also the date that this trial has been set is August 28th. Uh, that's when at least they're going to meet and determine a trial date at that time, uh, at least start the process at that point. But that's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, she's going to have to set a trial of an extended date. I know that the prosecution is going to argue this case should move quickly. That's why I believe they didn't include as defendants the unindicted co-conspirators. That's why I believe they didn't charge insurrection as their, uh, you know, there's this adjunct group of people, Andrew Weissman, uh, Norm Eisen, Joyce Vance and others 
who take it as their life's work now to try to make sure that President Trump gets prosecuted. So they write up these model prosecution memos. And of course, the number two person, the Justice Department, Lisa Monaco, is an acolyte of Andrew Weissman. So you can be sure she sees them in their prosecution memo. Uh, in this case, they had suggested insurrection. But I think this Jack Smith, you know, wanted to have a more streamlined case. He knows that there'd be extraordinary defenses raised if insurrection were charged. And so I think he skipped it. So they're going to try to move it quickly. It's not a case that can be moved quickly. There are many defenses uh, to this um, to these charges. I hope that his lawyers are of a stature to recognize it. I'm concerned about that. Um, you know, they agreed to the uh, Todd Blanche agreed to the protective order in the Florida case. I think at every step here, everything that the government is doing is trying to put Donald Trump in a position where he can't campaign, he can't defend himself properly. I think you have to push back on all of that. Nothing is really should be treated as pro forma. So we'll see what they do here with the protective order. But, you know, that's also why, as you say, who decides? That's this judge. This judge will decide whether he has violated. She may warn him and so on. And, you know, there's going to be pressure to stand up to Donald Trump. And, uh, I, you know, I understood today that some of the other judges in the building actually sat in the courtroom. What was that meant to be? Some kind of show of solidarity or show of force? Uh, with just Chutkin, I, I don't know. That's really a terrible optic to me. Yeah, that I heard that too, uh, and that to me, I agree with you. Um, before I let you go, uh, David Schoen, uh, who was Trump's lead counsel on a second impeachment trial, I want to ask your thoughts, David, particularly vis-a-vis everything with Hunter Biden, all the stuff that's come out there now, um, and then you juxtapose it with what's going on at this moment with President Trump. Your thoughts about that? Well, as you know, many people have suggested that the timing of the events in the Trump indictments has been intended to coincide with exposure by uh, relationship Hunter Biden and President Biden had with overseas officials and money and so on to sort of take the wind out of the sails of those disclosures. I, I see Hunter Biden as a pitiful sort of fellow. I mean, he's gone through whatever he's gone through. But the whole game changes when the president of the United States makes these uh, claims that clearly don't appear to be true, that he knew nothing about his son's business dealings. I mean, now they've got, you know, a witness to it all, a business partner to it all. It's really, uh, I think you're probably going to see at least an an impeachment inquiry so that they'll have greater resources in the House to fully investigate this thing. We know now, I think, pretty clearly that these statements made during the last campaign by President Biden on this subject simply weren't true. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you that at least it warrants certainly a lot more investigation. Uh, and in some ways, boy, it um, it just highlights just the seriousness of those allegations vis-a-vis some of the things um, that they're going after Trump that we have seen in the last few months um, and last few years, as you know, all too well being there on the front lines. Uh, David Schoen, really great to have you here. One of the great attorneys out there. It's really wonderful to have you here on the show. It's an honor. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much, David Schoen, who is the lead counsel for the second Trump impeachment trial. When we come back, everybody, I'm going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on this big historic night. The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Donald Trump has been indicted and Rita Cosby is all over it. Now the latest on the Rita Cosby Show. And this is Rita Cosby with another big breaking news day. And here it is. President Trump back in court. Again, you just heard from David Schoen. He was the attorney for President Trump, the lead counsel for the second Trump impeachment trial, putting a lot of this into perspective. One of the things I found was really interesting. David was saying a lot of really powerful things. One of them was this protective order that could be in place, that could bar the president from speaking, uh, basically, so we can't influence the jury, can't influence witnesses. How do you do that? That is so broad. This guy is the former president of the United States. He is the leading candidate on the GOP side, leaps and bounds, uh, likely to be the nominee. He's out there campaigning. The first debate is coming up very soon. So you could make the case that whatever he says could maybe somehow influence a jury. A jury could watch him on TV at a rally. And he could be saying, this is ridiculous. I'm innocent. I can't believe this prosecutor. I can't, you can just see where Trump is going. He should be able to speak and defend himself. He should be able to speak because he's also in the middle of a campaign, but not just because it's the American thing. It's the American right, but it's also a leading candidate campaigning. So where do you grow the line? Is she going to say, oh, you can't say a word? About the case, that is so unfair. If it goes there, she actually threatened with maybe holding him. Can you imagine actually jailing the president of the United States, the former president, if he violates what they expect to put in place very shortly? That is a stunning comment. And boy, is that overreach on so many ways. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael, line eight. Michael, your thoughts. Hey, hey, Rita. Hey, Michael, uh, your thoughts? Quick, yeah, two comments. Number one, I'm amazed at Trump's resiliency. Uh, any person would have been broken by now, choked up after a court hearing. He comes out, speaks strong. He, after all that he's gone through, is just amazing. Uh, number two is what if, the, obviously, they're bogging on, they're adding on cases and cases because hoping one will stick, but God forbid he gets, convicted in one of them and the judge just revokes the bail and orders him held what does he do at that point yeah you know what that's a great point he can still run you know trump he'll like uh run from jail he will literally run if he's behind bars i don't expect that to happen at least not during the campaign i don't think it'll ever happen uh but boy who knows this is a one wild race Buckle your seatbelts, Michael. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue with your calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. 
And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Texas where a man was rescued from a burning car. It happened just a few days ago, one morning by police officers at a suburb about 40 miles west of Dallas, Texas. Video footage recorded by an officer's body cam shows officers pulling out the man who is unconscious from the burning car wreck. Now, the engine compartment of the vehicle suddenly caught fire after the passenger car struck a pole in the city's south side. Now, while the driver was able to exit the vehicle safely, the front male passenger was unconscious. Once on the scene, officers swiftly pulled the man from the burning car until medical personnel could arrive to treat the victim. Amazingly, both the driver and the passenger were taken to a local hospital for treatment and are said to be doing okay. Now, the chief of police in the area went on to say, quote, I want to highlight the heroic actions by the brave officers who serve our community every day. He said, if it had not been for the quick and decisive actions by our police, this crash could have had a very different outcome. Police are still investigating the cause of the crash. They haven't ruled out speed as an option. Uh, And of course, everyone, thank goodness, uh, they believe will be okay, which is amazing. Thanks to the quick reactions once again, from our men and women in blue. Well, we are talking, of course, about President Trump. What an unbelievable day it has been. And a judge basically saying, get back to court August 28th. And at that point, I want to set a trial date. In the meantime, they've given each side about a week each to come back with different dates, different options. She is basically putting it on the rocket docket, as it's known. That's like fast-tracking it through the legal system because she wants this to hurry up and happen. Uh, That doesn't seem kosher. If I'm a defendant, if I'm Donald Trump, I would want to stack this as long as I can. I would fight everything tooth and nail, as you just heard from David Schoen, who was the lead counsel on his second impeachment trial for President Trump supporting him. Well, he said, you know what, Uh, there should be fighting on every order, every protective order, every issue should be fought tooth and nail. And I 1000 percent agree. The stakes couldn't be higher. You are dealing with the president of the United States, the former president of the United States. By the way, uh, there's a report on CNN that apparently uh, the judge at one point said, Mr. Trump and the president didn't like that. Apparently, he did not like being referred to as Mr. Trump versus President Trump. Uh, What do you think about that? Uh, The CNN's highlighting that, that the president was kind of irked, that he kind of wasn't happy that he was referred to as Mr. Trump versus President Trump. It's an interesting analogy. Obviously, it's a that's what you do in court. You just call the defendant Mr. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so, whatever it is. Um, You know, that's sort of a procedural but maybe it was done and kind of intentional. I do sort of think there's something that should be done when someone's earned the title of president. As you hear, I always call the person president. Whether they're former president or not, they are president. It's like a mayor. Former mayor is always a mayor. You know, you sort of just always do it out of respect for the office. Uh, and that goes for Republicans, Democrats, whoever. So maybe it was a little bit of a dig and a zing. And this judge clearly... Uh, has had a history of not being very favorable to Trump, not being favorable to anybody tied to January 6th, um, and maybe is just par for the course. Here is Alina Haba, 
Uh, this is one of Trump's attorneys, and this is what she said today about this case in general. On March 17th, Hunter accidentally admits that it was his laptop from hell. The next day, D.A. Alvin Bragg indicts President Trump. June 8th, an FBI document is released showing that the Ukrainians paid the Biden crime family millions and millions of dollars. The next day, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Mar-a-Lago indictment. Last week, Hunter Biden's sweetheart plea deal fell through when the judge realized it had blanket immunity. The following day, a superseding indictment against Donald Trump. July 31st, Devin Archer goes to testify in front of the House. That was only after they failed to put him in jail prior to the fact. What happens the next day? The January 6th indictment that we're here for today. This is not a coincidence. This is election interference at its finest against the leading candidate right now for president for either party. It is a very powerful argument. Uh, and sure enough, it does look like election interference at its finest. Look at the timing of all of this. Look at the timing right after all the things that Alina Haba just talked about. And we have a lot of big stuff, by the way, later on in the hour. Uh, and in the next hour, we're going to talk a lot about some blockbuster stuff that has come out today that puts Biden in the meetings that he said he never talked to any of Hunter's business associates. And now the Devin Archer's testimony when he went to Congress and spoke behind closed doors. Well, guess what? Uh, a lot of it's coming out and it does not look pretty for the current president of the United States. Here's Alina Haba firing back at a reporter today. Take a listen to this exchange. The special counsel says Trump could have disagreed with the results and talked about it. No crime there. The difference is what he did to try and switch the votes. So what is it that he did to try and switch the votes that you refer to by bringing cases by using the law in an appropriate manner, unlike what we're sitting here today seeing? This is not appropriate. What President Trump did is he said, go patriotically and peacefully and protest. That is an American right. That is why we are America and we are not a third world country. Although I will say that today, I don't feel very much like we are in America. It sure doesn't feel like justice is fair in America today. And I think anybody looking at this, no matter what political aisle you're on, uh, this does look way over the top. This is an ultimate pylon. It is like, okay, let's come up with another thing. And the timing just looks so bad. Here it is. All the Hunter Biden plea deal falls apart. Then you got, of course, the Devin Archer stuff. And wow, what a surprise. More charges for Trump. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's almost like clockwork. And especially if you look at the timing, it's like the next day after a lot of these big things happen is exactly the times when all of these different indictments come down. They don't even hide it. That's how transparent they are. And that to me is shameful. And it's a sad day for American justice. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Brian on line six. Brian, go ahead. Hi, Rita. Thank you so much for taking my call. My husband and I love listening to your commentary and what a show tonight. Um, Thank I just you, Brian. have two comments. Um, first, uh, I'm glad that the trial date will be set quickly because the sooner we can get this 
on the road to the Supreme Court, the better. What I believe is that they know that the Biden administration is on the verge of collapse, and this is all they have. And what's more insidious about this, and Mr. Schoen um, mentioned it, the indictment, how uh, it was drawn out and that nobody could challenge the validity or motivation of the witnesses. We learned after World War II at the judgment of Nuremberg that Hitler and the Nazis early in the terror manipulated the judiciary. And what he described, and I've heard Mr. Turley refer to the Department of Justice as weird and bizarre with what how they're handling these situations. This is what happened in Nazi Germany. And I think this is going to backfire. I don't think it's going to hurt President Trump. And by the way, the proper term is President Trump or President Obama or whatever. And um, I think people are realizing what's happening to our judiciary. And I just wanted to remind everybody that the judiciary failed to take any of any of the cases that President Trump was trying to bring into the light of justice about the 2020 election, if I recall properly. No, you're right. Everybody says right. there was no evidence. Well, there was never an opportunity to prevent, I mean, present evidence in a court of law. You know, you, um, you bring up um, some superb points there, Brian. Um, first off, your perspective is interesting about hurrying it up to the Supreme Court. That is an interesting point, because I do think uh, eventually it is going to end up there. At the Supreme Court, um, I think the issues are just both sides are so dug in. And I think uh, there are issues that are so big that the Supreme Court, I would be stunned if they don't accept it and hear the case because it deals with such historic precedent. I mean, we've never seen this before ever in American history. So I would be absolutely stunned if the Supreme Court doesn't take it. And your point is a very interesting one to sort of hurry it up. So we could get to the root of the matter. So the real adjudicating, ba- you know, party, the Supreme Court, will be the ones finally hearing it and hearing it soon. So the American public can sort of get a sense of where all this goes. And maybe it's more fair to the American public if they can get some resolution as opposed to it hanging over President Trump and hanging over the elections uh, while people are trying to decide who they want to vote for. That's an interesting point. The other thing, too. You talked about uh, just how it is backfiring. I think people are seeing it just as you said for what it is. It is so overzealous. It is so political. I have never in my life ever seen such a politically charged Department of Justice uh, ever, ever, because Garland would have had to sign off on something like this from the special counsel. There's no question. He would have had to have signed off on the classified documents one as well, because that's the other Jack Smith case. So There's no doubt in my mind. And it's interesting, Brian, because President Trump came out today and in one of his posts on Truth Social, he said he only needs one more indictment to win the election. Uh, You're right. He's just going, bring it on. Because every time he goes up in the polls, because I think everybody is starting to see this is just uh, an ultimate overkill. So do you think we're at the point now, Brian, where... It's going to backfire that there's just so many cases and it looks like they're just sort of desperately trying to throw darts. Um, Do you think we're at the point where it will backfire because Trump seems to be going up and up in the polls each time? 
Well, I think I think it is, but it's it's not because of the cases brought against President Trump. Everyone on either side of the political aisle is seeing the massive corruption in our judiciary and the dangerous behavior of the Biden administration and how it's destroying our country. And that's why it's backfiring. I don't really think it has anything to do with President Trump. Maybe it did before. But look at all of the revelations that we're hearing about Hunter Biden. And now there's letters. I think you're going to be talking about it later. But um, people with a brain who are reasonable cannot ignore what is happening in Washington. And they might have hated President Trump before, but now I think it's obvious that our country is in danger from this Biden administration and this corrupt Department of Justice, and it cannot be ignored any longer. Yeah, I think it is backfiring. I agree with you. And I think people are seeing, just as you said, uh, the system and its integrity is at stake and the integrity of the Justice Department, the integrity of the Constitution, that everybody has equal justice um, and that it should be uh, balanced for all. And I think a lot of people are just seeing this is so over the top, uh, whatever the name is, whether it's Trump or somebody else. You're right. There is so much at stake. And I think people just it's so blatant. It's so transparent uh, that I think everybody is starting to say, whoa, 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 wait, there must be something, uh, you know, something going on here because it's just too many things. One was enough then another one then another one. You know, you're like, wait a minute. The first one you question by far. The second one you go, huh? And now the third one. Uh, and again, as I said, the third one in four months. It's a total of, I think, 78 counts now. And I was seeing somewhere that if these counts total up, Brian, it would be 570 years. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, we are in la-la land. You can't make this up. Brian, thank you very much. Really great to hear from you. Let's go to Frank in California, line four. Frank, your thoughts. Oh, Rita, great voice. Uh, you sound so much better over the phone. Listen, Indictment after indictment. Then what? What do I say? What, better on the phone on? than in person, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, listen. All this shouldn't be happening. If Trump would have conceded the election back when he lost, nothing this, none of this would be a problem. Ashley Babbitt would be alive. Rudy Giuliani would have his license. Fox would wouldn't have to spend their billion dollars. All right, hang on, uh, Frank. So, Frank, I got to stop you there. Here. All right, Frank. Frank, 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 everybody, you know, you can, there are different issues here. But first off, let me just get to the point. Did you have a problem when Stacey Abrams said that she didn't lose the governorship the first time around in Atlanta? Did you have a problem when Benny Thompson said we should really question the electors and throw those electors back? Uh, And he was head of the January 6th committee. Did you have a problem when Hillary Clinton uh, basically said the election was, quote, stolen from her, that she really felt she won? When she was up against President Trump, I mean, I guess I guess if that's the case, uh, they could be blamed for a lot of things and maybe they should be arrested, too. Frank, your thoughts. I spend all that money. Frank, I'm at, Frank, Frank, hang on. on Frank, I asked Rita, you, Frank, I asked you a direct question. My question to you is, if that's the standard, then those other people who also questioned elections 
um, they should be, I guess, in jail, too. I mean, you know, you make it sound like like everything is Trump. Did you hear what they did, too? That is a fact, Frank. So I'm just saying to you that if you're going to use that as a barometer, it should be equal justice. So go ahead. Conceded when it was done. All right, Frank. Frank, yeah. Frank, you obviously aren't listening. Get the wax out of your ears and also start looking at the facts. Because guess what? America is supposed to be fair to all, but you don't care about it. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Donald Trump has been indicted and Rita Cosby is all over it. Now the latest on the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, everybody, in the next hour on this show, we have also some breaking news uh, on the Hunter Biden front. Some new developments that have come forward in the last hour or so that are really stunning and do not look good for President Biden. And basically diffuses any of his comments where he said, you know what, Uh, I don't know anything about my son's business. We never talk business uh, well, there's some stunning allegations coming from Devin Archer, who was there with Hunter Biden and his former best friend. Uh, so it really pales in comparison to anything that they are accusing President Trump of, and especially as President Trump had his third arraignment today. This is the third time this year. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Jacqueline. Line for it. Jacqueline, I, I'm looking for some enlightenment after that last guy, uh, the cranky guy, uh, who was like, uh, you know, oh boy, if Trump didn't do this, Trump did, but don't worry about the Democrats. Uh, that guy is like, he sounds like he's like, uh, you know, in a, a Star Trek issue. He's out of space. That guy was definitely off the wall. But the prior caller, Brian, he was fabulous. He was outstanding. Um, a couple of points, Rita, and I, I, I watched uh, Greg Kelly on his Newsmax show last night, and he had a lot of good people with a lot of good information, first of which is that the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, he has got a definite conflict of interest. He's married to a woman by the name of Katie Chevenyi, who is a producer and director who has made movies with Michelle Obama, and his wife is also a Biden contributor. Surprise, surprise. Not only that... The judge, Tanya Shupkin, she's also got a conflict of interest, and she's also compromised. She spent 12 years at a law firm where Hunter Biden was employed, Boys, Schiller, and Flexner. Yep, with David Boys, exactly. Yep. She also donated to Obama in 2008 and 2009, and she lives in Washington, D.C., which is 92.1% Democrat. Now, President Trump is entitled to a fair trial. 
an impar- by an impartial jury, which he will never get in the District of Columbia. So his lawyers need to demand a change of venue. They need to demand that the judge be changed and also that the special prosecutor be replaced by someone who's not biased. And as far as uh, their, him not having the right to question the result of the election, the government lied to us before and it was proven with regard to COVID. So why would they not lie to us again? And there is precedent for questioning an election. Well, you heard what uh, I said. Uh, the last guy who called, I was like, uh, I recited just five or six off the top of my head of people who have questioned elections. And I guess that's OK. But if Trump does it, God forbid. Not um, only that. In 1960, when JFK in Hawaii, it was accepted when they questioned the electors. So there is case precedent for exactly this. Well, that's why I think this is going to be such a tough case for Jack Smith. And that's why I think, Jacqueline, he's just like, he's clearly political, as you bring up. The judge, I think, also should be recused. I agree with you. And also, you can tell he's just trying to find one case. Something sticks. Anything that sticks. We're going to continue with your calls. Great call. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Cause your smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on the floor. Breaking news. Now the latest. Donald Trump has been indicted. Here's Rita Cosby. And what an incredible day it has been as President Trump pleads not guilty to the Department of Justice Special Counsel Jack Smith 2020 election probe. And as all of this happens and President Trump, what a surreal moment. Think about this. Here he is at the courthouse there in D.C., the district courthouse, the federal courthouse. He's a few blocks away from the Capitol uh, because, of course, they were looking at all the January 6th stuff in this case. And he's a few blocks from the White House where he used to live and where he hopes to go back to again. This is an incredible moment in American history. And it also comes with some new details that are coming out tonight that are really stunning, coming from the testimony, from the transcript of Devin Archer. Now, Devin Archer is the former best friend and former business partner of Hunter Biden. Devin Archer was, you know, good friends with him for many, many years, uh, close to the Kerrys, very close to the Bidens. He's the one who also was on, again, that Borisma board, that is the oil and gas company from Ukraine that we've heard so much about that was investigated for major, major corruption. And all along, remember, President Biden has said, I have never discussed business with my son. Then the White House has tried to change it that, oh, well, you know what? Uh, Not necessarily. He was never in business. Well, that's a big distinction. But the president is on record repeatedly saying he has never talked to his son about business. Now, think about what happened today with President Trump. They indicted him. They charged him for a third time. 
He is now facing more than 500 years potentially behind bars if all these charges combined so far that have been racked up against him between the case in New York with Alvin Bragg, the classified documents case with Jack Smith in Florida, now the class of now the case from Jack Smith in D.C., which is tied, of course, to the 2020 election interference allegations. The list goes on and on and on. And yet President Trump, the very first impeachment was tied to him investigating allegations of corruption that he said he was looking into with President Biden tied to Ukraine and Burisma. Isn't this interesting? It's really come full circle. And especially on this day of all days, the timing to me is unmistakable. Something big happens, which looks really bad for the Bidens. Trump gets charged. Something else really big happens that doesn't look good for the Bidens. Trump gets charged again. It's like repeat, rinse, dry, rinse, dry, just like a washing machine. It's like the same cycle over and over and over again. And yet there is some really damning news that has just come out in the last few hours. This is coming from Devin Archer's transcript that, again, has just been released by the House Oversight Committee. That's James Comer's committee, basically saying that then Vice President Joe Biden was indeed at the very infamous spring 2015 dinner with his son, Hunter Biden's foreign business associates, despite the Biden team repeatedly saying that the president was never there. This is damning, and I'll tell you why this is so damning. Because attending this particular dinner at Cafe Milano, a place I know well in Washington, D.C., Cafe Milano was the site of a very famous dinner that included people like Vadim P. from Burisma. He is one of the senior executives there at this oil and gas company. Also there was a billionaire from Kazakhstan who was basically an intel chief who later got charged with treason and sentenced to 18 years for corruption. Also there was this oligarch who is close to Putin, the former mayor of Moscow's wife. And interestingly, that oligarch hasn't been sanctioned yet according to many reports from the Biden administration. Isn't that interesting? They seem to have skipped over that particular oligarch. Also, as we talk about Kazakhstan, why this is so damning. Kazakhstan, apparently right after that meeting, Kazakhstan somehow buys Hunter a $142,000 Porsche that he gets from a New Jersey dealership. I'd say that was a pretty damn good meeting, right? That's a great meeting, and he likes wheels. Remember, Joe likes the Corvette. I guess... Hunter got the portion out of this one. And then let's go to another one. We mentioned the mayor of Moscow's wife. This Russian billionaire, according to reports, soon after this meeting, wires Hunter, get this, $3.5 million to his bank account after dad attends the dinner. Now, why this is so important Joe Biden has indeed said he doesn't know anything about his son's business. He's never talked to him about his business. He's never met his business partners. We know that that is a lie. Even before this moment, you've seen the picture of him golfing with Devin Archer, who is his business partner. Uh, you now know Devin Archer says that he was on the phone 20 times on a speakerphone with different various business associates. 
uh, that, in fact, Dan Goldman was saying, isn't it all about the weather? Isn't it innocent? It was just innocent discussions when uh, Dad Joe gets on the phone. Are you kidding me? Dad Joe is the vice president of the United States at the time. And he gets on the phone, even if it was just niceties, it clearly sends a message. But according to Devin Archer, this transcript, which just got released, he's not saying it's just about niceties. He said, quote, it is a signal. When Dan Goldman privately asked him and said, was he just talking about the weather, like trying to diminish it? Devin Archer comes back and says it was a signal. In other words, it was a signal that don't mess with the Bidens. I've got Joe in the pocket. He's on board. Uh, you know, it's all, uh, you can't, don't touch us legally. Don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, it was an insurance policy. It was the brand, remember? So this is a big deal. And the fact that now he is also confirming that Joe Biden was at a dinner and he says there was two dinners, but this one in particular, let's focus on. He says that he was at this dinner because the White House and Joe Biden himself have repeatedly said he was not at that dinner, that it did not happen, that there was no dinner, that he didn't attend anything like that. And yet now we are finding out from Devin Archer and others have said it in the past, but now we have somebody who was at the dinner and he said, oh, yeah. And in fact, if you read the transcript, they ask him specifically about this dinner and say, you know, okay, well, who was at this dinner? You know, was Joe Biden at the dinner? And he lists who was at the dinner. He says, Vadim, Hunter, Joe, uh, this guy, the the Ukrainian guy, the other guy, uh, the Kazakhstan. He starts listing them all. And then he says, and what did Joe do at the dinner? Like, did he just pop in maybe? Did he just wave or something? Uh, he had dinner. He had dinner. He was there with us. Uh, so this is clearly another blatant lie. From Joe Biden, our sitting president of the United States, and it just begs the question, why? Why is he lying? Why is he saying he never spoke to his son's business associates? We now know that he was put on the phone at least 20 times. You're the vice president of the United States. You don't go, hey, son, who are you putting me on the phone with? I, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And now if indeed he was at this dinner and maybe you put others who are at the dinner under oath to validate what Devin Archer is saying. Boy, Joe just looks like one big flat liar. And again, it begs the question, why? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Donald Trump Jr., who we spoke to just a few hours ago. This makes Watergate, just so we're clear, this makes Watergate seem like kindergarten. I mean, millions of dollars transacting from our enemies where we're funding them ad nauseum. This makes Watergate look like kindergarten. And yet on this day, they have forced President Trump to be arraigned on more charges yet again for something that many people say, even some of his critics, that it's First Amendment, that it's a thin case, uh, that this is probably one of the weaker cases. Bill Barr obviously says otherwise, the former attorney general but he clearly has an axe to grind with President Trump. But many others say this is a very weak case. And yet here we are as we're talking about this absolutely damning evidence about the current sitting president of the United States. And here is Michael Goodwin. He's, of course, with the New York Post. 
And this is what he has to say about justice in America, especially on this day. The difficulty I have with all of these cases is that this is the same Department of Justice that was going to let Hunter Biden walk free. Yeah. And that and that shows absolutely no interest in knowing what Joe Biden might or might not have done. So to me, that is the problem I'm having with the Trump cases. If you want to convince me that the Trump cases are legitimate, then you have to also convince me that you're doing your best on Hunter Biden to enforce the law there. And we know they're not. Yeah, that, so by the way, Michael, me, I agree. me is the imbalance that causes me to have a problem with these cases. It's, it's the comparison of the two treatments is so unequal that it really raises questions. Is, is Donald Trump being hunted while Hunter Biden is being let go? And just a little bit ago, John Lauro, who is the attorney for President Trump, who is in court with him today, as he went from New Jersey to D.C., back to Bedminster, New Jersey, uh, and he was with him in court. We've had him here on the show. Here is what John Lauro just said a little bit ago about this moment and President Trump. I've talked a lot about how this has criminalized First Amendment speech because President Trump, like all of us, has a right to redress grievances, has a right to protest an election that he felt was unfair, has a right to uh, campaign on a position. And they've attacked that right, not just for President Trump, but for everyone. But now, today in court, which was a very terribly sad day, they're attacking other parts of the Constitution because they want to take President Trump to trial in a few months. They want to deny him his Sixth Amendment rights to counsel, to give me and my co-counsel, Todd Blanche, an opportunity to prepare. They want to deny President Trump his due process rights to look at documents, to get witnesses, to use our subpoena power. They want to deny all of him those rights in a rush to judgment for one political purpose, and that's to uphold the Biden administration. Make no mistake about it. This has Merrick Garland's handiwork all around it. There is no doubt because Merrick Garland would have had to approve this decision. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll take your calls when we come back. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 77 WABC. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Donald Trump has been indicted and Rita Cosby is all over it. Now the latest on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, uh, we just talked about some of these stunning allegations, especially coming from Devin Archer's testimony and his comments on Capitol Hill. Of course, all this comes as today we have seen just and it's been an incredible moment. Um, It's really inconceivable that now we have a former president of the United States 
who has now been arraigned on criminal charges three times just this year alone. And he came out and said it is a sad day for America. And I think it is. It really is shameful when we see folks on the other side of the political aisle from President Trump. You're seeing the Democrats come out and they're reveling in it. You're seeing the media, many in the media, also reveling in it. And to me, it is a very sad testament to American justice because this absolutely looks like a pylon. Look at the timing of this. It seems like whenever there's bad news for the Biden administration, suddenly there's some charges that come up against President Trump. We're now looking at him potentially getting more than 500 years behind bars for all of these charges combined so far. That's just it so far. It obviously is over the top. It is obviously politically motivated. And it's obviously you have different prosecutors sort of coordinating with the justice system and also with an administration that's just intent on bringing down this president. And it just looks so bad. This is the leading candidate on the GOP side, the leading opponent to President Biden. And it just looks and it stinks and it looks like it is all politically charged. The timing of it seems very apparent. It's after bad news again from the Biden administration. Then, whoa, lo and behold, here's another charge against President Trump. Or let's add some more charges to the last one. All of it comes at very transparent moments. And it looks bad. And it just makes the American public have no faith in the justice system of America. It looks like two different tiers of justice. And this is not only damaging to President Trump, but it is damaging, I think, to American justice as a whole. And that's why I think not only is America watching this moment, the world is watching this moment to see if we can somehow correct what looks like a banana republic system of justice. And that's why this is so, so troubling at this moment. And here is a little bit ago. Here is John Lauro, a Trump attorney who was with him in court today. Here's what he thought of it all. Take a listen. This is a fast moving railroad without any concern for justice. Speedy trial rights are a defendant's speedy trial rights, a citizen's speedy trial rights, not the government. The government has an obligation to ensure a fair trial. And in this case, what we need is a journey to the truth, not not a railroading of a of an American citizen, let alone a former president. Yeah, it just seems like it stinks. It is targeting and it's blatant and it's dangerous. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve. Line seven. Steve, your thoughts. Confiscate the Porsche also. It's evidence and it's a gas guzzler. You may remember I said the same about the Corvette, Joe's Corvette. I do. And and Steve, let me remind everybody, because, of course, the Porsche was given to him uh, by uh, these questionable characters in Kazakhstan who bought him the Porsche after this famous now dinner that it looks like Joe definitely did attend. Like father, like son. By the way, tomorrow... Uh, Pay attention, America, since there's been tit for tat, as, or as you just said, uh, wash cycle, rinse cycle, wash cycle, rinse cycle, correct? Yes. 
You know what the charge against Trump tomorrow will be? Oh, no. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Breathing and exhaling carbon dioxide, which is a pollutant. You know what? And also, maybe he uses maybe he uses plastic utensils, too. And that could be or he jaywalked, you know, 10 years ago. They can can go. They have to they have to run out of they, they have to run out of imagination pretty quickly. So they have to come up with something. So it has to be exhaling a pollutant through his nose, just like the rest of us. And, and boy, the way that sounds like a death penalty case too, Steve. You know, Steve, you oh, are yeah. <laughs> you are terrific. I love uh, you saying confiscate the Porsche because it sounds like clearly it was going into the Porsche. It was going into maybe we'll find out a house or some other things. Remember, he also got that diamond. Uh, interesting how they hid the money. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a fun story coming from Melbourne, Florida, where veteran Paul Barton may be 87 years old, but that doesn't stop him from enjoying one of his passions on the regular performing, I love this, for local seniors at facilities around Brevard County, Florida. Veteran Barton is a man of service. The U.S. Air Force veteran was born in Kentucky. He grew up in a coal mining town. And after graduating from school, he soon after joined the Air Force at the age of 19. He served for 27 years, retiring as a senior master sergeant. And he said, I sang a little bit when I was young, but I would do it listening to Frank Sinatra and Joni James and also a lot of the singers that were there. Uh, but he says, I never really got into the country music. And until later in life, I started to really enjoy it. Uh, I didn't get to sing too much when I was in the service. But then soon afterwards, after the service, I started doing some karaoke. Uh, now he has been singing at senior centers all over the area, trying to entertain them. And even sings, apparently, a really good rendition of Just Once, one of my favorite songs, by the way, from James Ingram. And he says, the crowd went wild. So I do a variety. I do country songs. I do soul songs. I do a whole bunch. And he has now been entertaining people all up and down the Space Coast now for about 20 years. And that is why the VFW in that area is now honoring veteran Paul Barton as part of their Still Serving initiative. It's a way to showcase and honor the ongoing commitment and service of the nation's very best and brightest, our great veterans. And how beautiful that he is now giving back, especially to so many veterans that are at these local senior facilities all over, essentially, the state of Florida. Bravo to him. And also, I love that he is entertaining them and bringing them joy through music. And they get to see a veteran still serving after all of these years. Well, we are talking, of course, about what's going on with President Trump, but also as a juxtaposition, these new damning details that are coming out about Hunter Biden. Uh, this is stunning. And Joe Biden in particular. This is really an unbelievable moment. We were just talking about the Porsche 
right after a dinner that Joe said he never attended, Devin Archer said, oh, yeah, he was there. There were reports he was there. But Devin Archer, in the testimony that was just released a few hours ago, says, yeah, Joe was there. He sat and had dinner. So it wasn't like he just kind of popped in the room and said, hi, you remember, you're the vice president of the United States. And in the room were some very questionable individuals from this very questionable company of Burisma, some executives Also, Kazakhstan executives were in the room, one of them who got charged soon afterwards. And then another one, uh, the mayor of Moscow's wife, the former mayor of Moscow's wife, who was very close to Putin. What is he doing with all these individuals at that time? It's a very odd mixture and apparently sat and had dinner right afterwards. Hunter Biden, surprise, surprise, gets that Porsche that we were just talking to Steve about. And then after all of that. A Russian billionaire wires $3.5 million, according to reports to Hunter and his associates, right after the dinner. That sure sounds fishy to me. And then, of course, also all the Burisma stuff. Remember, all the deals were made to help Burisma soon after that. This really stinks to high heaven. And it also comes at a time where Joe Biden still continues to say he doesn't know anything about his son's business deals. He had dinner with them. Not only was he on the speakerphone 20 times, but the evidence is definitely mounting and mounting. So where do you see this going? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, listen to the Democrats. Congressman Jamie Raskin says uh, Trump came out and said today it's political persecution after the arraignment today. Uh, I think it is. It's so over the top. This is just crazy. I mean, this is his third arraignment this year alone. I mean, it's, it is just nuts. But Jamie Raskin says, oh, no, no, no. The political persecution isn't against Trump. It's by the Republicans, basically against Biden. Are, are you kidding me? Listen to this guy. Well, if it's political, it's coming from Republicans because the overwhelming number of witnesses that we heard from on the January 6th Select Committee were Republicans in the Trump administration, were in the Trump family. Um, Those were the people who were closest to the criminal events that took place, and they saw exactly what Donald Trump was doing and the activities that he was engaged in. Uh, But in any event, uh, that's a transparent attempt by the former president to denigrate and to run into the ground the American system of justice. I mean, the reason that we have faith in it is precisely because we don't believe in just Trump judges or Republican judges or Democrat judges, the kinds of things that Donald Trump talks about. It really comes down to him, uh, in his case, to people who will do his will no matter what, and then people who actually stand up for the rule of law and for our system of justice in our Constitution. Um, He obviously has an autocratic, dictatorial frame of mind, which is totally opposed to legalism in the American system of justice. I love that spin. Boy, is that interesting spin. Uh, Maybe it's because it's an overzealous prosecution. You even went after the maintenance guy in Mar-a-Lago. I mean, again, I'm waiting for the Domino's pizza guy to get charged. What about the mailman? He hasn't been charged yet. And then they're also dangling these co-conspirators trying to put a wedge between Trump and his attorney. I, it, it is just there are so many layers to this that just are so un-American and so unseemly. And then also Congressman Eric Swalwell 
who, remember, uh, was very close to this Chinese spy, remember, who was helping him with his campaign and it sounds like a lot more. Uh, well, he came out a little bit ago and said, if Trump is back in the White House, democracy dies in America from a guy who was hanging out with a Chinese spy. It's like you cannot make this up. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Larry, line six. Larry, your thoughts about this. Okay, well, I've been on the phone for an hour, so I'm, I was going to talk about Trump. Larry, we had a million that. calls tonight. I don't want to hear your complaints, but go ahead. Okay, now, uh, Rita, there's a, there's, a, there's a line from the movie called The Shining by Jack Nicholson when he says, you can't handle the truth. And I think that applies to you, Rita, because you don't know how dire this situation is. You're talking like... By the way, by the way Larry, 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 yeah. get yeah. your movies right. It's from A Few Good Men. Uh, so it, it wasn't from The Shining. It's a very different movie. All right. It was from A Few but, Good Men. I know the movie. If you're going to accuse me of something, at least get the movie right. But go ahead, since uh, you're well, on hold well, for an hour. Jack, it, all right. It was Jack Nicholson. OK, thank you. Oh, oh, OK, Lair. Go ahead. You don't realize how dire this situation is, Rita. You're talking like this is just simply uh, a, a travesty of justice. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I looked into what this judge did today. By the way, a lot of these judges are in on this, and I believe the judge today was in on it. When she, I believe Trump was set up today in court. When she admonished him and said, uh, by the way, you could be held. Don't commit any crimes. It's, in, uh, it's a crime to influence a juror. What she was supposed to say was, it's a crime to try to influence a juror. She was saying the result. If, if a juror accidentally gets influenced, She's going to charge him. You're supposed to say to try. That means that that if a jury gets influence, it has to be a result of you directly trying to exercise influence on that juror. She made it deliberately vague so that to try to set him up. They're trying to either put this man in pretrial detention or they're trying to chill him from campaigning. Okay, it's one or the other. And I hope that his lawyers are smart enough to realize that because I believe he was being set up today by, by, by the system. They're trying to kill him physically, possibly, by putting him in pretrial detention, a man of 77 years old. OK, they'll say that he was warned. It's, it, they say he was warned, not the influence jury. He'll go on the campaign trail and a juror will say, I heard him say this and she'll slam him in jail or something like this, you know. You know, Larry, even though you didn't get the movies right, I will say you ha- you have a very good point. And, and I don't know if you heard earlier, um, I actually I did ask David Schoen about this because it's this, quote, protective order. David Schoen was the attorney on his second impeachment trial, and he brought this up, um, not the, the verbiage that you said, which is very, very um, important. And I'm glad you did bring that up. Um, but he did bring up saying that he hopes the attorneys that are working with him now a fight every single protective order, truth and nail, you know, tooth and nail, because you're right. I was stunned when the judge said uh, that, indeed, you could be held. You know, uh, it sounds to me like you're right. I mean, it was a stunning moment that she's saying this to the former president of the United States. You could be held if you, uh, you know, influence a juror. And you're right. It should be try to influence a juror like that's, right. that's it is so broad. And, you know, the thing I, I brought up, Larry, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. 
it to me is an amazing moment because how to influence a juror? What what is that? What he can't make a comment on it? Uh, right. It could be so broad. He's out on the campaign. He's the leading candidate on the GOP side. Does that mean he can't say a word about it on the campaign trail? That she might interpret that if a juror sees it on TV. I, I mean, that is it is such a broad statement that that basically handcuffs him. Well, that's what I just said, and she said it in a way where he doesn't, where he is going to be frightened. She wants to intimidate him so not to talk about this case because this case is the worst case of war. Okay, and uh, so either she's trying to do that, and if he runs, and if he runs to a foul of it, she'll say, "Well, you were warned. I got to put you in jail," and then it'll go from bad to worse. And you know, I want to say something else, if I might. I heard John Castamitidis on, uh, on, on, on uh, the 5 o'clock show, Katz and Cosby, a question Newt Gingrich as to whether Bill Barr was, was threat, ever threatened. Because I had mentioned on Greg Kelly that I was certain that Bill Barr was threatened. And I disagree with Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich told John, and I don't think he was being honest, okay? He, he said that, no, Bill Barr just came to the conclusion that he has to go uh, against Trump, otherwise his career will be ruined. He, nobody will accept him. Blah blah blah. He was at the end of his career. Okay, Bill Barr is not afraid of that. Uh, he was definitely, definitely. We're dealing with murderers here. If you, I want to say something. You know, we see Merrick Garland how powerful he is. This is all the handiwork of Merrick Garland. So you know the power that resides in the position of Attorney General. Then now you understand why Bill Barr would be the one to throw. To to, uh, to be threatened, and Greg Kelly brilliantly illuminated the disparity between Bill Barr uh, in 2020 when he was talking very strongly against uh, against the mail-in ballots, and Bill Barr today. He, he he played an interview. No, you're right. See, He's, he has flipped and flopped, uh, and it seems like uh, uh, Bill Barr just can't handle the truth. Going back to your original line, but you're right. He has flipped and flopped. Um, and there's something, uh, whether it's a threat or, or who knows what it is, but, um, he is clearly, and he, and he had a falling out with Trump too. So it may be just his personal tit for tat too. There could be a lot of reasons. Um, but you're right, Larry. It is interesting how he has changed his position. It seems like over and over again. And he, he, I also, you know, feel like he's having this personal spat with Trump. And some of it is is just personal, and you wonder where some of his comments are coming from. Um, but great points, Larry, on this, uh, you know, try to influence versus influence a juror. Uh, I did think that was one of the stunning takeaways from this arraignment today when I heard that they said that. Larry, thank you very, very much. Uh, let's go to Mike, line three. Mike, your thoughts. Hi, hi Rita. Yeah, this... Uh what they're really trying to do, their main goal is the riot charge. They want to go for a riot charge, but they don't want to charge him for that now because they don't want to involve Pelosi, the Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the rest of them clowns. So what they're doing is this charge now is really a foundation charge for Pelosi to stand on. Uh, without this, if, if if this succeeds for them, Pelosi can, can, can really hammer uh, Trump. But this is this is all manipulation by Smith. Smith is protecting Pelosi, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Trump's lawyers needs to go after Smith for manipulating the whole issue. Uh, 
and keeping them safe. Pelosi's guilty, Black Lives Matter is guilty, and Antifa's guilty, and the rest of them are guilty. By the they way, by the way, Mike, all of them. Mike, I'd love to see this moment. Um, if if this opens the door, I mean, one of the things is a fascinating point, Mike, that. Because it's about election interference, they may be able to bring some of that in. Like you said, they didn't, you know, tie them directly to inciting the riot, uh, even though they inferred it in the verbal comments that Jack Smith made. But it's not in the physical indictment, which you're correct about. But it may open the door for them to say, OK, well, let's talk about January 6th. Let's do this. Let's do that. And let's call Nancy Pelosi and her staff to see if indeed President Trump did ask for those 10,000 troops. Does that sound like a guy who's really planning to go against the system to a guy that wants, you know, uh, you know, a riot? Does that sound like not only do his words peacefully and patriotically, but those actions he could turn the tables and it may not be pretty for the Democrats when that happens. Uh, Mike, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls. 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show on 77 WABC. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. Donald Trump has been indicted and Rita Cosby is all over it. Now the latest on the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight we are also getting word from a number of Trump's opponents and others in the Republican Party. When I say opponents, those are in the GOP field. The basically, as we know, the first debate is August 23rd. And a number of them have come out and said this is way over the top, uh, that this is a politicization of American justice that they don't know if we will ever, quote, recover from. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, uh, extremely vocal and extremely passionate, coming out tonight and just saying that this is basically a railroading of the system. I want to play that again. This is cut 17 because we just got this in a little bit ago. Uh, And he basically says that why didn't they go after the Democrats who questioned the election? Why are they singling out President Trump, as they did today. Take a listen. Were any of them put in jail? Were any of them held with no response to be able to get out? The answer is no. So, yeah, you can raise that, that someone raised a question. And, you know, in America, you are entitled to raise a question. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the First Amendment. That's the uniqueness of America. But you know what? You shouldn't be prosecuted for your thoughts. And the difference here is when Hillary Clinton said it, nothing happened to her. When they said it in Georgia's election, nothing happened to them either. You know what? When the DNC said it, nothing happened to them either. So stop using government to go after people who politically disagree with you. That is wrong, and that should stop now. Wow. I've known Kevin McCarthy a long time. That's like probably the most on fire I've ever heard the Speaker of the House. We go back to Bakersfield days. That's where he's from. He used to work for Bill Thomas, the congressman. So this is, he is on fire. Uh, And this is the guy who just a little bit ago 
said that we were rising towards an impeachment inquiry of President Biden. And I just told you some of the new news tonight that shows that Biden lied, that he was at a dinner where he said he wasn't. And the characters that were at the dinner were a lot of questionable souls. At least several of them were. So you put all that together. uh, I say impeachment inquiry is coming right around the corner. You just heard a very passionate Kevin McCarthy. Uh, I bet you an impeachment inquiry is coming this month or next month. Next week, we are supposed to hear more bank records. We're supposed to get more details from Kazakhstan. Isn't that interesting? We brought up the dinner. Uh, apparently, James Comer just came out a little bit ago and said that there will be bank records coming from Kazakhstan, more from Ukraine and elsewhere next week. Maybe some of it is based on the Devin Archer testimony, but he says the floodgates are opening. And apparently that second IRS whistleblower, not Gary Shapley, but the other guy, Joseph Ziegler, apparently is able to get the records and technically, because he's an IRS guy, whistleblower, hand them over to the Ways and Means Committee. And then the Ways and Means Committee, run by Congressman Jason Smith, can then hand them over to Comer. That's the way procedurally it works. So there may be some blockbuster stuff coming next week. And you just heard this, that guess what? Biden was at a dinner with a whole bunch of corrupt individuals, and Hunter then got big gifts right afterwards. What is your thought about all of this, guys? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, Joaquin on line two. Go ahead, Joaquin. Lovely Rita, talk show radio host. That old Beatles song. Thank you. Lovely Rita Meter made. Thank you, Joaquin. Go ahead. We just have a few seconds. I want to make sure I get to you. This is not an assault on Donald Trump. It's an assault on the sovereignty of the Constitutional Republic of the United States of America. And unfortunately, I believe that these people are really trying to take the country down and hand this over to the, you know, to the globalist agenda. And there's plenty of Republicans that are involved in this scheme also. And nothing's going to happen to Hunter Biden or Joe Biden. And they're going to keep going after Donald Trump. Guess what? I actually think that an impeachment inquiry is coming. And if they have the goods, if they have the documents, then it's a whole different story for Biden's. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.